Hello, and welcome to Ukshar 10, Fill and Talks. My name is Josephine Schizer, and today I'm speaking to Yael Marins, an English major from Teaneck, New Jersey, who just finished her junior year at Princeton University. Yeah, so could you just tell me about when you started putting on tefillin? I started putting on tefillin around my bat mitzvah. Yeah, and I think like it was kind of obvious to me when um, I was getting ready for my bat mitzvah that that was something I was going to be doing. I, my parents are both conservative rabbis and my mom also puts on tefillin and I'm also the youngest in my family and I have three older brothers and it seemed pretty, I think it was pretty clear that the stuff that they started doing around their bar mitzvahs, I was more or less going to be doing the same things. Um, Well, that's, yeah, more or less going to be doing the same things. And um, yeah, so I, (laughs) my Saba, my father's father, um, and my Safta, his mother, um had well actually I don't know if she had been involved in it in the past because it might have been more gendered but he had been buying like probably all of his grandchildren but I know my brothers he it was really exciting for him to buy them their tefillin for their bar mitzvahs um and so he was he was also excited to buy me my tefillin even though um I would say like our understandings of gender and religion are pretty different. Um, But it was pretty clear that he couldn't take me to the same place that he had taken my brothers, which was like some place in Borough Park. Um, So he called um, Westside Judaica, which uh, I think you might be familiar with on the Upper West Side. And, um, He's kind. He was kind of goofy about it. It's like, I do you do to fill in for girls, and the way he talked about this at my bat mitzvah was like, I was expecting them to say like, come around the back and we'll do it really like secretly, and they were like, oh no, we love like to fill in for girls. Like yeah, come bring her, and um, so I got my to fill in there with my grandparents, um, and. And I started putting it on every day at school. I was at a conservative school at the time. So it was definitely um, sanctioned, encouraged. um, But it was really unusual for girls to do. Um, And I think that's reflective of some things like in conservative schools like – general kind of like I feel like there's a lack of respect or interest for uh interest in um people taking meets vote seriously in middle school which might also just speak to middle school um but that was that was its own kind of challenge because um I was just like an insecure 12 year old and there ended up being two other girls in my grade who put on tefillin, but I was um, several months older than them. So uh, at first I was the only person in my grade who was doing it because um, the boys who were required by the school to put on tefillin um, 
we're not uh, 13 yet. And um, I remember that as a really kind of lonely experience. I, I would get kind of like stressed out about not looking silly when I was putting it on and I, kind of a related um, memory was my parents practicing putting it on with me and how challenging that felt and like the weird feeling of the shell roche like I just I remember that being weird and being like nervous about how puffy my hair would look and stuff like that and um but I think I slowly kind of became more comfortable with it and it helped that it became more more of a thing with as the guys reached their bar mitzvahs that well even though it itself felt kind of weird and gendered that it was only only girls um I wasn't the only one who had to stay to like wrap up my tefillin at the end of davening yeah Elle and I also talked about the expectation of consistency when it comes to tefillin and the ways in which that's applied differently to men and women. Sometime in eighth grade, I started being more strict with myself, like um, putting on to fill in every Sunday when I wasn't in school. And I remember, I think that's just started to feel right to me. Um, but I remember also when I first started putting on to fill in, um, around my bat mitzvah for some reason even though like in one side of my family like most of the family is orthodox and my family's conservative and like I was the first daughter in that family and there were a lot of things that were going to be new about my bat mitzvah to my cousins um the fact that I was wearing tefillin was like something that everyone was kind of hung up on and people would ask like in a good way and a bad way like people were well not in a bad way but like, I think some of my cousins were excited about it, like, kind of, like, intrigued. But um, um, I do remember people asking me, like, oh, do you do it every day? Which is just, like, such a stupid question. Like, I was 12. Like, how often do you ask 13-year-old boys that question? You just assume they don't probably <laughs> do it every day. And, but I ended up, like, caring about wanting to be consistent, like, consistently doing it every day. Next, Yael told me about her experience with Tefillin in high school at SAR. I, when I was applying to high schools, I think I wasn't, I was still not totally sure what I wanted that to look like in high school. I I knew that I wanted to go to an Orthodox high school um, for a variety of reasons. I'm like, um, I wasn't sure it would be possible at an Orthodox high school. And I also wasn't sure, like, especially at the beginning, if that was something that I felt like I needed, I wanted to be part of my experience, which would already feel um, probably like a lot of struggling to reconcile uh, my my views on um, egalitarianism and like my general ideology or like feeling out of place, whatever. And I didn't necessarily want to compound that. Um, and I remember when I interviewed at Ramaz and SAR, um, my sense from both places was that when I brought it up, I said I wasn't like I would be okay with it if I weren't going to be able to. Um, I think my sense was similar from both places that they were like, yeah, we can't, you can't do it. We wouldn't say you could right away, but like we'd be open to thinking about it. Um, and 
Um, so ninth grade, I kind of – oh, I decided to go to SAR. And then in ninth grade, I um, – I think, like I said, I was, like, reconciling different things, figuring out high school, whatever. Um, and so I was putting on to fill in every morning before school and then just not – and then just davening in school without them. Um, and that was uh, fine. It was getting exhausting. And I think around – probably around December – yeah, I, yeah, probably around December of my um, ninth grade, um, I kind of got back in touch with my principal about it. Yeah, I, I always had a good relationship with him. I always felt like he was like very positive and kind about the whole thing. Um, but I kind of ended up sending him a number of emails and maybe checking in in person a few times. He would basically give me a, a number of excuses, like, oh, I have to think about this some more. I have to talk to these people, ex-people, um, keep emailing me, keep bothering me. I remember he said at some point, like, you might have to be a little bit of an activist about this in that you have to keep bothering me about it, <laughs> um, which was kind of funny because, like, I think that then when the later, I think it was clear to both of us that we were not trying to be activists like that was not our goal in what happened um although I mean I guess like that's complicated it's probably like whatever we weren't trying to just like push something and not that that's necessarily a bad thing but in this case it just wasn't to me the situation and um then I had this other friend who also um put on to fill in like she was becoming more um it was becoming more clear to her that she wanted to be able to do it at school um and that that was my sophomore year of high school around so we were kind of in touch with him and then around I think around uh December or maybe a little before we also started being able to have women's to be law every day which was uh, in part because the school was like experimenting with different types of like ways of organizing to feel law. So they were trying to make women's feel law like a more consistent option. It had been like a once a week option until then, more or less. Um, and um, so then one day my friend and I went to meet with him. I think it might have been the, it, yeah, I think it was the one of the days before our winter break. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, we've decided starting after winter break, you can put on your tefillah in a women's tefillah, um, which was funny because it was so uh, – it felt a little bit, I guess, out of the blue compared to the other stuff that we – like, because we've been talking about to him for a while. Um, so that was exciting. I was a little nervous. Um, yeah, I was a little nervous. And women's tefillah being a kind of self-selective – a smallish group of students was definitely felt like a safe place for that. And even there, I was a little nervous at first, but it felt very chill and like everybody, nobody had a problem with it. And also like everybody like knew it was just like what me and my friend Ronit were doing and it wasn't a huge deal. Um, and then it kind of became a huge deal. I like a week or two after that. Yael also shared what it was like to have the press talking about her putting on tefillin at school. I don't think that 
it was beyond what I had like was capable of imagining before like I was kind of bracing myself for the worst but trying to be as like low-key as possible to prevent a lot of um unwanted attention yeah I do remember my parents kind of driving that home to me that I like should be as no I don't know if low-key is the right word but like that ultimately like I I should feel like a little bit of a guest in a modern orthodox school and like if it's not a thing that they're willing to do for me right now that that's like something that I knew was possible going in to the school and I want to be respectful of that and yeah oh so I remember knowing this was going to become a thing in the press in the Jewish press mostly but not exclusively when I got an email from a reporter who like kind of knew my parents or something and like just like this email like here's some questions like I'd love to talk whatever and then we consulted with my principal because I didn't want to do anything kind of behind his back we just been really like in that process um communicating a lot um and my principal said something like I I think like if you choose to respond which I don't like really encourage you to do just like try to have really measured answers that like out of in email that like can't be taken out of context like personally I don't really want to engage in like political football um but then I saw that so I was probably just gonna like opt not to answer her questions and then I saw that her article, she hadn't waited for my response and had published an article on, I want to say the Jewish Week website, or maybe it was like the forward in relationship with Haaretz. I don't really remember. It showed up all those places in the end. Um, But, and it also, what was really striking at the time was that in the kind of like sub- title of the article of the headline um it said my and my friend's names and like listed it was like an article about this thing that was happening at SAR so notable like girls are putting on the fill in an orthodox school blah 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 and um it had our names pretty front and center um which considering that um I was um 16 um and already like a little concerned that this would be an issue um, my school was like a little bit um scary and then really fast this kind of this sort of um moment I guess like replicated itself um I didn't I had oh one thing that was interesting um I had somebody had written an article about this in our school newspaper and I had felt comfortable like talking to her. Um, And then I think that was I hadn't I didn't talk to any other (laughs) reporters, but I think that was um, quotes from that article were taken sometimes, which was super weird. Um, And because it was just like our school newspaper. Um, And. Yeah, so then this grew into a whole thing where people were talking about it a lot at school. Uh, and it was clear that my principal was under a lot of um, pressure. Um, also, I I got the sense from friends of mine, like a friend of mine that, who went to Frisch, that like um, people were talking about other places and like talking about me as like the fill-in girl and yeah and that was all just like kind of a lot and then um 
later, uh, eventually, like, my principal did end up making statements about it. And I just felt like he and my other teachers were really, like, trying to be there for me and my friend um, in what was really a weird experience of, like, something that felt very personal becoming, like, a point of, like, op-eds and whatever. And sometimes it was, like, weirdly personal. Like, sometimes people use the fact that, like, I and my friend went to conservative schools before as, like, a reason to make it clear that SAR was not actually, like, trying to change how orthodoxy works. They were just trying to, like, respect our personal, like, version of commitment to meets vote or something like that. And then sometimes people used it as, like, a an attack. Like, is SAR becoming conservative? Which was always funny because, like, as if that's, like, a huge insult, you know? And, um, yeah, or, like, this really um, controversial or, in like, to me, he's not really controversial. He's just kind of, like, problematic. Um, rabbi in Teaneck who like knows my parents a little bit I'm from Teaneck like <laughs> um, just wrote like really nasty stuff about it on his blog um, and like fully knowing who I am uh, like not me personally but like um, and then there was other stuff that felt like less like it had to do with me like debates between like well probably not debates between YU rabbis but like debates um, including like um important rabbis at YU which was like really painful for my principal because that was like those were his teachers um and I remember something yeah I I did grow like kind of at a certain point I remember trying to just like stop engaging with all of the like weird media stuff that was happening um but I do remember going in February to California with my mom and we heard that there was this like like we were staying in someone's house and they were talking about um this panel that was happening like in the modern orthodox community in LA with like different heads of school like some different people on this issue oh wow Um, which it wasn't like that wasn't necessarily about me but it was like considering everything that happened to SAR like what do we think about this issue um and I felt I think like that was weird but a little bit like happy or like proud to have been involved in starting these kinds of conversations that in at least in some places it seemed like people were taking seriously and not just like writing stupid blog posts about yeah and then um kind of eventually that ended up feeling like a kind of chill thing and like it wasn't I think that people I did end up feeling like I had a lot of respect from my peers at SAR um in general and in relation to this like um for the most part I didn't feel like anyone was mean to my face but I heard that they said things behind my back and then there were things that were actually really nice that people said to my face like how they like stood up for me in some conversation or how they felt like um moved by my commitment or something um and I actually had one negative one one interesting experience where someone I yeah I don't remember if she actively spoke to a reporter or it was just like quoted from something she had said to 
like a high school reporter. But anyway, I think she did. Basically, there was some article in Haaretz, I think, and this girl in my grade was quoted saying something stupid about how she thought it was bad. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't especially articulate, and it also, like, ideologically, I thought it was kind of stupid. And I think that 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 experience made her want to apologize for the uncomfortable attention she'd been involved in giving me. And um, we actually had, like, a nice moment, and I really appreciated that she had reflected and wanted to apologize. Um, and I think that actually gave us kind of, like, more of a friendship um, than we'd had before. I also asked Yael to share what her experiences have been like now in college. Yeah, I would say then now it's like um mostly um just something that like not everyone necessarily cares or knows or like if they remember that thing from SAR that that was me but a lot of people do and it's like if anything like a nice thing or kind of like a funny thing and I I've been putting on to fill in in the orthodox shacharit minion at Princeton and it's very um chill <laughs> and I think like when you have like a group of people who are predominantly like intellectual and open-minded even if they don't necessarily agree they they they're like understand that I obviously just have like a different approach um but I think a lot of people are really supportive and like when I started Princeton there was one orthodox educator couple and now there's a different one and then the first one I I spoke to the rabbi before I started doing it in Minyan um he was really supportive, but he also understood how I might have felt um, hesitant. And then and then he was very supportive when I started doing it. And now there's another Orthodox couple. And I was a little nervous just because, like, I didn't know them as well. But it's been really chill with them also. <laughs> and, like, I remember one of the, the rabbis said to me once, like, I was, like, putting away my tefillin, and he said something like, oh, you should, like, offer other girls if they're interested, and I was like, I, if anyone's interested, I'm happy to help, but, you know, I don't I don't want to, like, push anything, and he was like, right, 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 like, I'm not suggesting you open, like, a Chabad stand, right, <laughs> um, but, and so it just kind of, like, been a pretty chill thing, even though I was scared the first time I did it at school, and I feel like I sometimes, something really rewarding I don't know if rewarding is the right word but like something I really gratifying something gratifying for me has been that there have been several times when people have wanted to talk to me about my experiences when they're like uh like when they were considering going to SAR or um try like thinking about putting on to film themselves or um like sometimes just um I feel like towards the end of high school, it it was like people knew they could talk to me about their Jewish feminist things, and and that's that's fun. Like that's really nice for me. Thank you so much to Yael for speaking with me today. The music in this episode is His Last Share of the Stars by Dr. Turtle, licensed under Creative Commons from Free Music Archives. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And if you have any questions or comments, email tfillintalks at gmail.com.